Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial professionals presented by FMG Suite. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Kelly Biondi, Director of Marketing for Strategies for Wealth. Some of you may may recognize the name Strategies for Wealth. It's an agency of Guardian Life, and it's been around for more than 80 years. In her position, Kelly guides the marketing efforts of the firm's 170 financial professionals, She sees what's working and what tools show the best promise. As we get into the podcast, Kelly talks about live events making a big comeback with reps. She talks about one rep who invited 26 prospects to a live event and had 15 attend. Whoa, that's a a head-turning response rate. So take a listen. Kelly has a wealth of information to share about marketing trends that are working today and where they may lead. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Spread the word. Kelly, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hey, Kelly, can you give us a quick intro on yourself and give us an idea about your duties for at Strategies for Wealth? Sure. I have been with the firm almost 20 years. 20 years. Holy cow. Yeah. I know. I'm one of those old school, been around a long time. Um, what I love about my role here is that no day is ever really the same with so many advisors um, in so many different markets, there are so many different requests. Um, it it kind of keeps things fun. And of course, over the 20 years, things have changed drastically in, in terms of marketing, particularly in the financial world. Um, my, my role is really internal and external. Um, on the internal side, I'm constantly working to build the brand Uh, support our financial advisors in any way I can to get them to market, um, to look at products and cross-sell opportunities in their book of business. Um, On the external side is really the way the community sees us as a big financial firm in Manhattan, Rybrook, and an office in Massachusetts. Good stuff. Yeah, I think what we're we're, we're going to talk a little bit about strategies for wealth to kind of give everybody a good idea of how you how you market that and how you build the brand there. But then we're going to quickly transition to really how you work with the individual reps because that's the uh, that that's who the audience is. That's who's listening to this. They really you know they they don't often get a chance to hear someone who works with such a wide variety of reps and uh, coaches them all through different marketing and and through different markets. So let me start with the first one though. What are some, as you, as you market, as you, as you try to position strategies for wealth in the marketplace, what are some of the biggest challenges you face when you're building that brand? I think a lot of it um, is time and tools and training. Mm. I call it kind of call it the three T's. Um, Our advisors don't necessarily have the time or make the time to work on their marketing. So that's where my department comes in and and we wanna make sure that they're visible, that they're adding value wherever they can. I'm a big fan of educational content. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm always working with our advisors to make sure that they're putting themselves out there as thought leaders 
and adding value wherever they can, whether it's a prospect or a client or a potential center of influence. We want to use, I, I call it educational content. So we want to push as much of that as we can. Um, it, you know, we do have a lot of tools at our fingertips, which are great um, from Guardian, but the, the advisor doesn't always have the time um, or maybe they don't have the training. So that's where my role is critical um, to help them make time and use technology and, of course, train them on how to do it gotcha. so that they're they're always visible. Yeah, I think the uh, boy uh, time is that is that a valued commodity to tools. They're they're very prevalent to use, but boy, how to actually use them sometimes is uh, uh, kind of the, the sixty four thousand dollar question. Kelly, yes. I was going to say, before we start talking about this, uh, more of the specifics with the reps, can you give us a better idea about, about the structure for strategies for wealth so our listeners can better understand how the firm is positioned? Sure. Um, in what aspect? Well, out in the... uh, yeah, out in the field. I, I, I know so as, I, as I was checking you guys out, strategies for wealth, uh, you do work through Park Avenue Securities and you're related to Guardian Life. So how to give everybody an idea of how that how that puts uh, where strategy for wealth, how that fits in that kind of hierarchy. Sure. So strategies for wealth is an agency. It happens to be the largest um, and leading agency of Guardian Life Insurance. So that is our parent company, that large, wonderful mutual insurance company. Um, life insurance, of course. Gotcha. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned broker dealer of Guardian Life Insurance. So Park Avenue Securities is our primary um, offer on all of our investments products, our suite of investments. We can sell other annuities, but they must be approved by Park Avenue Securities. Gotcha. Okay. So it's, it's Guardian Life with the broker dealer of uh, Guardian Life is the uh, is the is the larger entity. Uh, Park Avenue Securities, one of Guardian Life's broker dealers, and you're in the agency that works underneath them now. With it, within the agency, about it, it, you have you have reps, you have advisors, you have uh, duly registered folks. We have yep registered reps and of course financial advisors. It just depends on their licenses. Gotcha. Right. Of course. Okay, good stuff. All right, so that kind of helps me kind of uh, uh, see kind of how the how the agency is structured then. And 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 it was uh, uh, last count I saw it was about 120 uh, or so reps at uh, reps and advisors at the firm. Yes, we're actually a little bit higher than that. We're probably more more like 170, 180. Oh my. Okay. All right. So my information is old. Good. Wow. That's awesome to hear. Um, okay. So one of the first things I wanted to get into and, and really kind of, you know, um, uh, guide us here with that, with that kind of that agency overview, because there's, there's so many, uh, the, you know, there's, there's, there's benefits to being part of an agency. There's, you know, there's, there's limitations that uh, some reps would point out, but I wanted you to kind of give us a, a, a better understanding about the, the tech stack used by the, strategies for wealth professionals do they do they have a prescribed set of tools or can they pick and choose from a variety of vendors how does how does the agency work with the individual to come up with their solution set we have a, a great tech stack um one of them is fmg suites of course ah, okay. um, some uh we would we use a variety of of tools um 
everything is based on the individual advisor. Here at Strategies, we the marketing department serves somewhat as a concierge service. I mean, we we have always said we're a concierge service, so we will sit down with an advisor. We try to do annual reviews with them, just as they do with their clients. It doesn't always work out with so many, but we'll look at what are you doing, what's working, what's not working, and going right back to those three T's: the time, the tools, and the training. Depending on how much they want to put in is exactly what they're going to get out in terms of their marketing. Um, so we will train them, coach them a little bit on the social media side. We, we always make sure that every advisor has a very strong profile out there on social media. Our website, which is an FMG suite site is critical because everyone it looks everyone up today, right? The first right, thing you sure. do when you get a call or you re someone recommends an, an advisor to you or any service is you Google them. So we're constantly making sure that the advisor is seen in a very positive, uh, valuable light out there, no matter who's looking at them. Um, a monthly newsletter I think is, is key things change so rapidly. They certainly change um, in, in the marketing world, but they change quickly in the financial world too and, and the tax world. So I'm always encouraging every advisor to make sure that they're hitting their clients at least once a month with some form of a newsletter. Gotcha. Um, and we offer a couple different different ways to um, deploy two different newsletters. That kind of leads me to my next thought here is really what you know, as you talk about the individual tools they use, what what tools do the reps uh, do the do the professionals uh, have the most success with and what tools do they struggle with? Well, it depends on the generation. Ah. Um, I, okay. I'm sure you, you find that in your your own world. Sure. I work really with two generations here at Strategies. We have many advisors that have been here a long time. Um, in some cases, their sons are working with them now. So there's the two generations right there. Uh, and the, the older folks uh, never had social media. They didn't have cell phones. They certainly didn't have, you know, three different methods of deploying a monthly newsletter. Right. Um, so that's where the struggle usually lies is the two different generations then my, my younger advisors um, are happy to use whatever digital tools i can get in front of them there's nothing that they're afraid of or that they won't try um, so of course grapevine six which is now um, seismic social they that's a great tool that our advisors all um, can use um, there's great content on there daily. There's an interest graph. Um, again, if the advisor puts some time into it, what they can get out of it is, is really key. So that's a great way to stay in front of your clients, your prospects, anyone in your database um, by pushing that valuable content on a daily basis. Gotcha. But again, that older generation looks at me when I say something like that, like, what are you saying? Are you crazy? Can you can you make something I could just mail to them? And that's good, too, because sure. that stands out. Snail mail hasn't hasn't completely left us, um, particularly the last you know year that where people were home and actually reading their mail. Right. 
right? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've talked to many uh, financial professionals who say the, one of the biggest differences for them in the past year is they were used to leaving messages for people. Uh, when they called during the past year, people answered the phone. Uh, yes. they, 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 the message business was over. It was you had to be ready to talk and go into great detail when, uh, when you did the initial outbound call. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's no. actually a, a very good thing. It is a great thing getting people on the phone. Sure is. So, uh, so the, 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 the younger advisors, as they push into, uh, really as, as they gear up their marketing, do, are they, are they more inclined to stick with the, 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 uh, I would say more on the social media, more the email marketing on that front, or are, are they, do they, do they kind of warm up to the notion of, of, of client events and um, uh, those those larger, more what I would call more social events? I would say yes to both for the younger the younger advisors. They want to host face to face in person, uh -huh. um, and we do a lot of that in in the Manhattan area as well as up here in Westchester County, um, and in our Massachusetts office. Um, they're back. I would say live events are certainly back. Ah, it's good but to hear. The, yes, I can go into that in more detail in, in a moment. But sure. the younger the younger advisors are, are great in that they you know they're not shy about telling their story on social, um, whatever platform that may be. LinkedIn is hugely popular, of course, um, but you know they're also happy to use Facebook Business. Um, and yes, they do deploy a lot through email. So often they'll use a, an email product campaign if they're looking to build a, the book of business and just bring more value to clients on a specific product front. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, now some of the some of the some of the uh, older older advisors, older professionals you work with, do they warm up to the notion of what social media can do? Or are they more comfortable sticking with kind of their more tried and true marketing methods? To answer honestly, I think they're more comfortable sticking to the, the tried and true marketing methods that they've used for, you know, literally the last four or five decades. Gotcha. Um, I think in many cases it's here at Strategies, we have teams. Uh, we've been using a, a team approach. We probably have five, five or six teams now of 10, 12 advisors and support staff. And they've branded themselves on their own, but they're an affiliate of Strategies for Wealth. The team method is, is really um, remarkable in that you may have both generations on the team and in, in a way, it's the perfect combination because you've got those two generations working together. So where somebody may fall short on the social media side or the digital content side, um, there's somebody there to pick them up and fill that gap for the team's sake. Gotcha. So that's a really interesting um, part of our firm. Gotcha. Yeah, that uh, there's nothing... There's, there's nothing like the value of experience. And at, at the same time, there's nothing like the value of somebody who wants to kind of push in and uh, uh, use different methods of connecting with people because uh, that, that, that landscape has changed quite a bit and really dramatically in the past year or so. Absolutely. And ev everyone has to have a digital toolbox ready to go. Gotcha. 
Okay, so let me let me segue kind of from there and and talk a little bit more about how that with strategies for wealth, when when a rep joins the agency, when an advisor becomes part of the agency, how do you how do you suggest they those professionals market themselves under the umbrella of the larger firm? How how do they how do they how do they create their identity for themselves and then their identity within the larger firm strategies for wealth? We work with them immediately to announce that they've joined the firm. And we do that in a, in a digital announcement as well as a hard copy announcement. Um, and that's the fir- that's from the firm, not from them. Mm. So that, that we've been doing for a long time. And we find there's some great traction there, particularly with that hard copy that goes to their natural market. Because it's like receiving their business card in the mail. They update their contact. Then when the when our advisor calls, they know they say, oh, yeah, I got that. You know, what are you what are you doing for strategies for wealth? What is strategies for wealth, et cetera? Um, Once they're here, then then they're introduced to all of those other tools that they can use and they're trained. We give them, you know, everything we can in terms of support to get them up and running so that they can dig in a little bit. Um, we use a platform called Market Edge. And Market Edge is great because they could build a cold list, they could build a warm list, and they can deploy anything that's already approved by our compliance team. Gotcha. And that's key because of course, you know, we have to comply with all with all of our rules and regs. Of course, of course. It's a lot easier when you're working with, uh, when to work hand in hand with compliance. Uh, of course. So, so with, do so. Uh, you, has the, as the reps put together their own marketing material? Does they create their own their own websites? Do they layer in that strategies for wealth is behind them, supporting them? How does that? How do they position that? Yes, yes. So if if an if an advisor wants to create their own DBA, um, they they market it as an affiliate of Strategies for Wealth. Gotcha. Um, not many do, but when they do, it it's all um, run through the partners here at the firm, and then my team as well as the compliance team. Good to know. So yeah, most of them, most of them, most of them take advantage of being part of the Strategies for Wealth umbrella. Yes, they do, um, because it's a big firm. We this is our eighty seventh year, Mike. We've right. been around a long time. Right. Yeah, I noticed. I, I saw that on the website. I was I I looked at that and go, boy. Uh, it, it, you've done a remarkable job of adding, of really kind of continuing the firm and kind of keeping that new talent coming in and that new leadership group coming in. Well, that's the name of the game. There's no future without you know having that vision, uh, right. making sure that that we we continue to build. Right, right. It's uh yeah you uh it as I looked at the firm I said boy, uh this is a firm that kind of understands how to how to. How to how to roll with the new generations while keeping that uh, that hint of uh, you know that 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 hint of experience, but at the same time, if I'm looking at it as a younger advisor, I'm seeing a lot of people I can relate to in the firm. Good stuff. I'm glad to hear that. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it it does. You know, as I looked at it, I said, "Boy, uh, it's not. I, I don't get this. I don't get a, a a sense one way or the other. I get the sense that this is a very dynamic firm, and so that was great to see." Oh, thank you. All right. We, so- have, we have created a lot of, of new video, which you probably stumbled upon on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, explain, explainer videos, um, you know, 
we have to again have as many digital digital assets as we possibly can so it's been interesting looking at new ways to reuse and repurpose old video while we mesh it with new video and i think that that's been a really kind of a cool project as well as a necessary project right yeah well uh people always got the time for a video yes very hard to have the time to read something but boy i got time for a video <laughs> exactly you know that <laughs> it's yes. true okay so let's get let's come to uh one of the one of the final questions here i, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, post-pandemic america we can we can hope for post-pandemic america uh we want to talk about what the the, uh, the the financial challenges or the uh, marketing challenges really the financial professionals face. What tools are they having that are making the most impact? As you look across your uh, your your the 170 uh, uh, professionals that are connected with the firm, what tools are they having the most success with at this point? Well, Zoom certainly became a big part of of everyday life over the past year, mm -hmm. um, and it it did allow that face-to-face -face, um, eye contact meeting. When, when you have a new prospect that you're working with, tr trust is everything, but finances are very personal. Yes. So face-to-face -face is, is so critical. Um, in, my, in my 20 years here, that's one thing that has never changed on a day-to-day, year-over-year basis. You, it's a personal thing to dig deep and make sure your financial plans are in place. So Zoom, I think, was a tremendous asset and it will continue to be. It's certainly easier than trying to schedule time in people's busy lives. Um, you know, our target market is 25 to 55 in terms of age. And those are the busiest years of everybody's lives, pretty much. Right. Exactly. Um, once you have children and, you know, you're working, your spouse is probably working. So the face to face is is so key. Um, so so the having the ability to use Zoom um, it was was very important. The other piece is webinars, you know, to do some educational um, bring value to folks. We ran probably a, a dozen or maybe more webinars topics ranging from estate planning to um, structural integrity, which is what we call the, you know, the structure of your financial plan. Sure. Um, you know, very specific to, to more of the broad topics. Um, but those were, those were valuable. You know, people were looking for information while you face this crisis of, oh my gosh, the landscape is shifting. So many people, unfortunately, were unemployed you really had to take a look at what you've saved or what you haven't. Um, and I think we, we were able to give some, some folks really important education at a time that it was needed. Gotcha. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, it was, uh, as the pandemic, uh, came upon us, uh, it was the first thought was I have to keep in touch with my clients. And then that quickly transitioned over the summer, last summer into, mm, I not only have to do that, but I have to prospect now in a different way. And, uh, the, the zoom played quite a role in that. Uh, is that what you found with your firm as well? Absolutely. We created a couple, what I would call explainer videos. Um, we did that animated whiteboard sketch sure. yep. um, to, to just tell the story. And that was used an awful lot for a couple of months, right when it launched. 
in terms of what we do, our, our philosophy. Um, so if you, you had a prospect, you, you could just shoot that video over to them and they'd understand, oh, this is how these folks can help me. And, and then it would be a phone call or a Zoom um, or, you know, joining another a webinar where you could learn even more. Gotcha. Good stuff. I do think the, the videos won't go away. I think, as you said, and everyone knows, no one wants to read anything anymore, but they will watch a video. It's just sure. the way life is with our with the screens. We, you know, everybody lives on their phone these days. Um, I so. am hearing more and more, though, Mike, that live events are are needed and wanted, and folks are looking to reconnect in person. Boy, that's great to hear. How how is that? Uh, give us a little more detail on that. How are you? How are you starting to see are more are more of them being scheduled? Are they the traditional live events that you would think of a lunch, a dinner, or are they, or are they more of a a client oriented of you know meet the meet the uh, golf shop pro and uh, have a putting lesson? What what are they? Uh, what are what are coming back in, in what? Which areas are working and which areas are uh, still kind of uh, formulating? You know, you just hit on pretty much everything that I'm getting asked of, which ah. is, can I do like a chipping contest and then dinner at a golf club? Let's go. Let's do it. We'll, we'll do 20 people so it's not completely overwhelming. Um, one of our advisors just did a dinner Um they couldn't sit at more than 10 a table, but they did, I guess, three tables of six or, or something to follow COVID guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really successful event. He said that he invited I think, 26 people and, and, you know, 15 came. Wow. So pe people are looking to be out and, and to reconnect. You know, it's part of just the way we are as humans, right? We're, we're used to being together. In, sure. in our packs and such. Now I think we're called pods or we were <laughs> yeah. but, but that's human nature. So I think, I think for the most part, people are starting to schedule events and attend events. Right. Um, from big to small. It's interesting that now the, the rep that in, invited 26 and 15 came, I, I take it that was more of a client only event. No, that was a basically a prospect event. Really a prospect event. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Specific uh, geographic market. Interesting, interesting, and got such a boy. There, there was uh, because my next question was how are how are reps driving attendance to a public event? Uh, are they are they doing the you know what was in vogue years ago, which would be send a mailer out and uh, try to attract people in an area? Or are they are they marketing it different? What what are the what are the newer trends that reps are using to drive traffic to a public event? Well, no one's really mailing invitations right now. So there's typically a, what we do is save the date, ah, um, giving okay. them enough time as an email and then an email invitation. And then I tell them all day long, pick up the phone in hopes of them answering or at least leaving a message to say, I hope that I'll see you looking forward to seeing you. Nothing works as well as the old fashioned phone call. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. I would think that uh, now a text, a text message too, Mike, sorry sure. to interrupt. No, I was saying that was my next thing is, is, uh, are, uh, can, can reps use text? Can they come at it from that perspective too? 
Well, you can't really say anything very specific over a text. You wouldn't want to, but yes, you could certainly use text to say, hey, I hope you got my invitation and we're looking forward to seeing you. Gotcha. Sure. Good. Okay, good stuff. There is new text technology, but my, my folks here, my advisors haven't really bought into it yet. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it all has to work hand in hand with compliance regarding the, uh, you know, what you text, where it goes, how it gets reviewed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, exactly. So it does need, uh, it always needs that support. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of fascinated with the, with the live events because there, uh, you know, there was a time when, when it was such a, um, uh, reps were making such a commitment as far as going to a restaurant, having the present, uh, purchasing the presentation or getting the presentation having to uh you know provide for the dinners that there was a, there was a, a a cost to and um it, there was always the concern that they would they would lay out all this expense and then not show quite the return but boy it sounds like when you, when you can send out uh, uh, when you can get a 40 50 percent response rate with some of these more targeted invites uh that it takes a lot of that gamble off the uh off the table yes absolutely and and that's where i credit my advisors they know their markets they know their customers um and and they know what what they want to do and what they may not want to do and and we try to time it really well we try to be very thoughtful about the busy lives folks lead um, you know, we, we try not to do anything that would really interfere with family or any social, uh, other things they'd rather be doing. Sure. Um, so a lot of thought goes into that. Oh, that's good stuff. All right, Kelly. Well, I'm trying to, did I leave anything out? Have I, have I left any stone unturned on this podcast today? I don't think so. I mean, we could probably talk for hours. Um, you know, it's, it's such a huge topic. Um, but I think we've touched on the, the, the what's really important right now. Yeah, I think for for our listeners, what uh, what you're in the really the catbird seat to talk about is what a lot of reps are doing and what they're seeing success at. So, uh, thank you so much for spending the time today and providing some of your insights. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mike. Thank you for having me. Uh, good stuff, Kelly. Thanks again. Thanks, listeners, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Market in Motion podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.